Welcome to Points of Departure, a podcast from the Arkansas Global Changemakers in coordination with KUAF Public Radio, where we aim to place pressing social issues into global context and bring communities together to find local solutions to global challenges. My name is Lawrence Hare. I'm Associate Professor of History in the Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences. And my name is Rogelio Garcia Contreras. I am a teaching assistant faculty at the Strategy, Entrepreneurship, and Venture Innovation Department of the Walton College of Business. And I'm Lee Wood, General Manager of KUAF Public Radio. And we're your hosts for Points of Departure. So I think the first question is, what is the Arkansas Global Changemakers? Yeah, so Arkansas Global Changemakers is a an educational and applied research initiative. It's an interdisciplinary collaboration of faculty and students across uh, the colleges of the University of Arkansas. And its goal is first to raise awareness of the ways in which our communities in Arkansas are connected globally and to engage in dialogue with other communities around the world so that we can learn about um, locally-based approaches to solve global problems. Great. Okay. So let's talk about the scope of this particular podcast. Uh, we want to communicate that, obviously, but there's there's more to it than that in our scope. Rogelio? Uh, well, I guess uh, you can argue that the main focus of Arkansas Global Changemakers is the student experience. So through the podcast and other initiatives that we have created uh, under the umbrella of Arkansas Global Changemakers, what we really want is to start a conversation to offer students the opportunity to uh, engage in social innovation practices, uh, social business development, acquire global awareness, intercultural competency, and expand their network and social capital formation opportunities. So uh, our objective through the podcast is precisely to create that uh, place where these discussions take place and uh, the uh, students are accessing uh, information and um, uh, ways of approaching these ideas uh, from the perspective of uh, people and activists and social entrepreneurs to whom they would normally have access to. We are interested in f- creating dialogues, and that's what we're hoping this podcast will do. So we'll be, we want to talk to organizations here in our region, in our state, that are engaging in problems that they see as local problems, and that's their mission is to solve problems at the community level and then put them into dialogue through through discussions with uh, similar organizations and communities around the world, especially in in the places around the world where we've been developing networks so that we can understand how these different organizations locally, overseas, are, are conceiving of these problems, how they're approaching these problems, where they see their challenges. And then in that way, we can begin to see space for ourselves and for them to find new ways to approach the problems, to adapt solutions, and so forth. Uh, what Lawrence have just mentioned, I think, is, is key and fundamental to understand because we believe that uh, many of the problems that we're tackling locally are really local manifestations or of uh, greater global issues. So that's our point, and we are really looking for those initiatives around the world, especially in the places where we have been developing the network, um, as Lawrence had mentioned, where addressing these issues have come in ways that are normally unexpected from our perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, from understanding the problem in ways that we normally would not understand these problems, 
and from using resources or connecting the dots in ways that we normally would not connect the dots. Uh, so that's the spirit uh, behind uh, bringing uh, this uh, dialogue to place and, and uh, these opportunities to the table because essentially we believe that if we are able to think uh, globally to address local issues is one big step towards a more uh, collective effort to a solution that affects us all. And so why Arkansas? Can I ask that question? Well, if I may, I think the answer to that question is uh, fairly straightforward. It's because we, we live in Arkansas. We are, we are here. We're part of the University of Arkansas. Our experience gravitates on everything that is happening around us right here in our locality. And so, so, so we believe, like many other communities, Arkansas is just one of them. And uh, the, the important thing is the connection that we are trying to make globally because there's also a lot to be learned by our community partners from the experience that we have here. So it, this is a two-way street. Um, so Arkansas has a lot to offer right. uh, to the world, and we want to highlight that aspect as well. It's not always clear to Arkansans how, how intimately connected to the rest of the world that we are. We ha- I mean, of course, we know we have a number of, of high-profile international businesses, and we have uh, political figures who have entered the world stage, have come from Arkansas. But there's so many other connections, and so any opportunity we have to raise awareness of those links is important, and it's beneficial to the state. And, and I want to add, it's also part of what we do at the University of Arkansas as a public land-grant university. We, we create new knowledge, but we do all we can to share that knowledge with the, the citizens of our state and use that knowledge to, to better the lives of Arkansans. Absolutely. Well, can you tell me a little bit about the program's origins? Where did this come from? So Rogelio works in the Walton College of Business, and I work in the Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences. And we were, intro- we were introduced to one another maybe in 2017. And um, ju- at the time, I was running the International and Global Studies Program, which is a BA program in Fulbright College, but is inherently interdisciplinary. And so we were looking at just looking over each other's shoulder, what kind of work are we doing? And then we really quickly realized that if we're going to um, engage globally in a place like Arkansas, we're not we're not on the west or east coast. We're not you know we're not in the the most likely place to be um, out in the, out in the world, right? But if we're going to do that, the best way to do that is to start here in in our own community. Mm-hmm. And that conversation led us to start thinking about creating a, a study abroad program where we would take students to these sites where, where these interesting innovations were being done. But then it was really very quickly apparent to us that these interesting innovations were also happening right here in Fayetteville and Springdale and Rogers. And so that's how the idea was born to start making those links. And we started our project, our Changemakers project, really to, to start building networks and um, b- bringing organizations into dialogue, but also looking at at social change ecosystems, the way that different agencies work together, government agencies, corporations, small businesses, startups, nonprofits, and all this, and the ways that students could plug into all of that to understand how can we make those organizations better? How can we make the ways those organizations work with other agencies in our communities better? I guess because of the work that I have done in other places uh, uh, around the world, I have had the opportunity to visit many different 
places where initiatives have been relatively successful despite the lack of infrastructure or lack of resources. So for me, that was always very important to bring to light. Uh, how can we, yeah. That change is possible, even if we, from our perspective, don't think that there are things set in place to make the change yes, possible. Yes, even if we think that we don't have enough resources or the infrastructure is not there for us to capitalize on it. I think there are many examples around the world that um, show us otherwise. And it's important for us to also bring light to that because uh, within the movement, there is this uh, urgency to do more with less for more. And uh, sometimes uh, living in a community where access to resources or the infrastructure around us is so abundant that sometimes uh, creates, uh, uh, it, it's, always, it's always good to have access to that, but at the same time uh, creates ironically uh, limitations on the way in which we innovate about uh, mm. things. Mm -hmm. So by bringing uh, these other examples to life, especially from places where the infrastructure is not as good or the access to resources are not as good, uh, was always key in, 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 in my mind and, and during the conversations with Lawrence, this transparent into, you know, the, the need for making this connection. There's a really strong ethical dimension to that kind of work. I mean, too often when we think about um, how, how about improving conditions in, in communities around the world, we, we think about that knowledge flowing from the United States out, that we'll go and we'll share our technical wizardry or our, our know-how. And, and one of the things that we talked about really early was that this process should be a sharing process and that the first thing we should recognize is that we have as much to learn from our partners overseas as, as perhaps they do. And this should be a one-to-one -one sharing. And that our students, instead of going and you know doing the, during the classic sort of volunteerism thing, going on the ground in in impoverished communities or whatever, and then coming out, they should be they should be working with the agencies themselves, right? So that we're we're making a positive contribution, and we're and we're training our students in an an ethically sound environment. Absolutely, and dialogue seems so key to that. The idea, right, that it's not just that what we have to offer, but what we can learn from anywhere that's that has been tackling a, the similar problem or dealing with the similar issue. And maybe even that we all might have pretty fundamental issues and same problems that we're dealing with no matter where we live. So that that seems to fit into the ethics of it, sort of, for me at least. That's exactly right. We are not coming at this dialogue with a with a prejudgment about what, what it's going to yield. I mean, maybe maybe at best we we gain a little empathy for each other in these dialogues. But what we suspect is that the more we talk to our partners and the more we see how they see things differently, uh, we'll change our own thinking. And, and very importantly, it'll create the environment where innovation can happen, where, where new approaches, new solutions, adapted solutions can take shape. I think that's the, the wealth and, and richness of the work that we're trying to do because uh, there's also the recognition on uh, uh, behalf of our, our, our community partner of this idea that is, that is very prevalent in our world today that uh, if it's coming from the Western world, if it's coming from a wealthier, uh, more successful place in that sense, 
uh, then it must be better. And there are patterns of development. There are patterns of prosperity. What do we understand by prosperity? What do we understand by development that are not necessarily in tune with, for instance, the sustainability of our model, right? So how can we truly be uh, uh, accessing uh, this notion of development in ways that we don't jeopardize the uh, ability of future generations to meet their needs, right? So when you start thinking about those things and when you start paying attention at what others have done in a much more sustainable way, then that's where when we believe the magic happens. But that's also when it, it happens for them as well, you know, the, the realization that their work truly has something of value uh, that transcends their locality. Yeah. We believe that at the very least, uh, uh, issues related to food insecurity, uh, issues related to access to food, food waste management, all these aspects are definitely uh, global issues that manifest locally. Issues related to job skill development, you know, from access to education to access to technology and the technology gap. Um, these are aspects that are affecting the world and manifest locally in different ways and different segments of the population also in different ways. Um, uh, housing, access to affordable or accessible housing is also an issue around the world. Mm -hmm. And these are anyone that is uh, listening in the area that is a little bit invested in the work uh, of the community know that these three aspects at least are very prevalent and, and, and of, of great importance in the Northwest Arkansas region. So uh, by virtue of finding similar initiatives that are working on these issues in other parts of the world, we want to bring light to uh, first and foremost the way in which we understand the problem here, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's key, that's yeah. key. Um, yeah, that's so. right, and that's where we find a lot of our our best partners on the University of Arkansas campus. Uh, the School of Architecture is un developing a housing innovation center. They're very invested in this project. The Bumpers College of, um, of Agriculture is very interested in, in improving uh, food security issues. And col uh, the College of Engineering has worked with us on um, public health initiatives, the Department of Biomedical Engineering, for example. How did you determine or how have you determined who your uh, partners outside of the University of Arkansas, who they are, where are they? Well, that has been a process, mm -hmm. and I think uh, definitely uh, has taken some time to identify those organizations in the community here. I'm talking only about Northwest Arkansas, whose work throughout the years have proven to uh, move the needle, if you will, in the, in, in the areas of interest you know, as they fulfill their mission. They are also tracking impact. They are also addressing the problem, even if some of them have had uh, difficulties or continue to have difficulties to scale, right, mm -hmm. their impact. But with this in mind, with, you know, focusing on organizations that have uh, through experience by, you know, learned by doing, you know, uh, have established parameters in our region as to how we should think about these problems and how we should go about solving them. We were inspired by, you know, okay, what aspects are we truly, uh, we, we truly need to be looking at, right? Um, so as an example, 
we know very well in, in general terms in the Northwest Arkansas region how much uh, food is needed uh, on any given time to to uh, serve food deserts in the region, for example. You know, we, we know the amounts, right? We know um, aspects related to uh, the kind of jobs that are out there and the kind of jobs that need to, you know, the, the number of people that are out, of, are, are out of job that would need to receive training and all that. But we know very little about who the food insecure is or who the, uh, the, the person that needs, some, some needs to develop their job skills uh, uh, is, right? So uh, when we uh, dig deeper and see on the organizations that are having a more successful uh, approach to the problem, there is a constant there that shows how these organizations take the time to actually know who they are interacting with, right? Because we really know, we, we, we really don't know when you are food insecure, we really don't know if you are in line because you lost your job yesterday and then you were kind of living check by check and you're going to be there till you get a new check, you know, a new job or whatever. And But we really don't know if you're there because you have deeper, more complex issues that probably won't be addressed just by getting you a box of food, right? So it's a more comprehensive approach if you really dig deeper into who the person that you're serving is. And with this in mind, then we, we look for organizations in other parts of the world where these efforts have been made. Uh, they probably have gone through the same problems, the same challenges, the same difficulties, but they have uh, figured out an aspect that we probably have not considered. Mm -hmm. We have the opportunity was last semester or the semester, a couple of semesters ago to, to run a version of our study abroad program that due to COVID we have not been able to properly execute. Um, but we had lots of uh, connections with organizations in Barcelona that were, were doing this kind of work and um, mainly in the job skill development area. And that was fascinating to see and to understand their philosophy, to understand their approach to the problem, to understand how they create opportunities for marginalized segments of the population or, uh, or, or uh, segments that are at risk, um, as they call it. And, and, and I think that that aspect uh, by itself was, was, I guess, enough to prove concept on the value of this dialogue that we want to establish. Uh, because maybe at that time, you know, in the scope of the semester, the student would get involved in aspects that community partners locally are doing. But if we manage to consistently work with certain community partners that are really moving the needle in our community and bring them to this dialogue, we will see more and more the effectiveness of this conversation and how this conversation from other uh, players around the world can have the impact that it can have on our own community partners. And I see that's the beauty. I have had the opportunity to work with many of these organizations for quite some time. So for me, maybe for the student was not as evident because they, many of them were being introduced to the community partner for the first time mm -hmm. in that semester. But for me, it was evident that, you know, many of the things that others were saying about X or Y problem, they were, you know, like, yes, that's, that's a very 
significant approach, very significant contribution to what we could do here. Uh, so it was context. resonating all the time. And all that's the time. one of the yes. uh, things that we'd like to achieve in this podcast is to sort of bring those organizations to a wider audience to introduce um, introduce them to our community. And, and even if they're here already, to make more uh, listeners aware of them and to see the sort of things that we've been seeing over the years as they've grown and developed. We started with um, a grant from the U.S. State Department to try to develop our study abroad capacity on campus, and, and Changemakers was our focus. And so, as Rogelio mentioned, we, we were able to run the program in, in May of 2021 with, with students um, and partners in Barcelona. We had to do it virtually, and, and I'll be the first to admit that a virtual study abroad experience is not quite, not quite the same. But uh, but it was still very rewarding. We had really good conversations. And in some ways, we were really surprised how much information we were able to get in the format that we were working in from the partners. They were very generous with their time. And we and our students, of course, we had we had already trained them in, in some on-campus courses that we have uh, developed and that we continue to develop. And so, so, for example, in the spring of 21, we ran a, a, a signature seminar with the Honors College, which is a, a really great set of programs that they run, and we, we had students that we trained and prepared, and then many of those students carried on with us into the actual study abroad component, and so they were, they were really well prepared to have those, uh, those level, those kinds of engagement, and then they brought ideas back, and then some of them carried on. I think we have one student that's um, uh, participating in an internship this coming summer with one of those organizations. So that was one of the things we wanted to see. We wanted to see students have good um, training, then good what we call experiential learning where they're working hands-on, and then a really good outcome on the, on the end of the experience where they, they can do field research or they can do an internship or they may find a, a trajectory for um, bringing an innovation into a competition or going on into a graduate program or what have you. So those, those have been great successes. Interestingly, one of our students, we were, as we mentioned in Barcelona, we were working with um, agencies that deal with job skill development, and we had a few that were dealing with food security, but one of our students brought back a, a, a lesson that she then took to another, she took to Canopy, which is the refugee service here in Northwest Arkansas. So we saw adaptation not only across cultures, but across uh, issue areas, which was really interesting. That's great. Yeah. What, plan, what plans do you have for the future, except for solving all of our problems and bringing us all together through knowledge and understanding? Uh, well, um, just building building up on the previous on the previous uh, question, I just wanted to add, and this connects to your question about the future. But just wanted to add that COVID actually triggered a lot of innovation in the work that uh, we were planning to do. And yes, I mean we we were able to to develop um, a speaker series uh, that has featured um, important personalities in the field of social entrepreneurship and social innovation, um, a book club. You know, with interesting authors and provocative uh, material that is being presented uh, to the students in the community. Uh, but we also develop a, a class and hopefully, um, you know, one, one, of, one of the episodes hopefully we'll, we'll have here, Dr. Rash Rao in biomedical engineering. But this is an interesting class that uh, involves uh, business and biomedical engineer students from the University of Arkansas and then business and biomedical engineer students uh, from BMS School in Bangalore, India, 
on the development of um, uh, tech-based, science-based technology to address uh, general healthcare or sanitation issues. And that class was the product really of these COVID restrictions on, on how to approach uh, you know, uh, lessons in the classroom and all these, but at the same time trigger opportunities like these to start that conversation in the classroom from the get-go as the students are invited to innovate and, and think about the process, the commercialization process, right, from ideation to, to pitch. Um, this is something that uh, has worked really well um, despite the limitations imposed by COVID or, pre or precisely inspired by the, by the limitations of, of COVID. Um, so those are things that we hope we can continue doing. Uh, we also have uh, planned uh, a, a course on global social change we have a planned uh, study abroad program. Hopefully, we'll be able to travel. Yeah, well, we're running uh, our program right now at the University of Arkansas Rome Center. We have a, another a faculty member whom, whom we would like to bring on and, and have a discussion with who's set up a, a really um, great set of networks on food security and urban sustainability and, and even on um, juvenile justice. Uh, who's running that program right now. We have students from the U of A, but also students from other universities who are taking part at our Rome Center. So we hope to connect that experience in Rome with other experiences in other places where we have a network, and hopefully we'll be able to, to, to structure a, 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 a study abroad program uh, in Europe and maybe in the future in other, in other places. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that COVID actually did uh, present opportunities for innovation and, and sort of creativity, uh, because I think now almost two full years uh, in and uh, watching all of us have to figure out how to teach or how to go to class, or how to produce radio. And the, the, the innovation, I do think that it has spurred, I'm hoping we really keep that. Uh, and again, it's that change of perspective. That's kind of what you guys you know, are talking about, approaching issues, but taking in other perspectives. And COVID really has been a good opportunity for that. If we have to find a silver lining, that might be one of the bigger ones. Yeah, it has, it has created opportunity in part because it has created so much more need. Right. And, you know. That's very true. And right. it has revealed many of our shortcomings as well, which in, in turn also reveal the inefficiencies of our perceived solutions to these problems. Uh, and these are things that are evident or were evident before COVID in other places. So they have addressed these issues way before us, right? And yeah. Well, I would love to know a little bit from each of you about, uh, about your background and what drew you to this work. And Lawrence, let's start with you because I think as a historian, this is such a, uh, an interesting work for a historian to be doing because you're really, you're, you're, you're sort of creating better history by pushing forward into the future. Well, I mean, historians deal with, deal with problems. Yes. <laughs> That's sort of the name of the game. We just deal with them over time. Uh-huh. Um, so I, um, yeah, I, I actually grew up in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So I, you know, on the other side of, uh, of, other side of Arkansas, other side of Tennessee, right? And, uh, I, I, so I know just from a regional perspective, um, 
for me, uh, growing up and then going to university, how how big the world was, right? It wasn't always clear to me, you know, in my hometown or whatever. And so that that I found deeply fascinating. And so um, I have a, a I'm a European specialist by training, but I have a, a field in global history, and global history is a really new field uh, for historians. Not not super new, but new enough. Uh, you know, things go slower for historians anyway. But uh, new enough that we st- are still wrestling with how to approach that field. And so the the intersection of locality and globality is a really interesting academic problem. But then I also got uh, deeply involved in, in global studies as an interdisciplinary field through my work here at the University of Arkansas. And in trying to find a way to enhance student and faculty engagement in global affairs on our campus. So that's a, that's a, a very important um, mission for me uh, and for the program that I was running. And so um, meeting Rogelio and, and working with him on his projects and then engaging in this collaboration was a, a great solution to that problem. How do we, how do we make the world, um, how do we, how do we make the, the, raise the awareness of the world and how do we make the world matter to students here at Arkansas? And how do we also meet the need for students who want to be uh, positive agents of change in the world? I mean, we meet so many students who say, I want to make the world a better place. That's why I'm at university. That's what I want my career to be about. That's what I want my education to be about. And so this is a way for us to deliver on that. And so that's how I, I came to it and how, how, why, I, why I'm so invested in it personally. The perspective that being in Arkansas and uh, the, the different community partners, the different organizations that exist here have brought to my understanding of what the role of business could be in creating a better world. I, I am still a believer that, that businesses as, as, as entities are a powerful mechanism to create a better world. Um, but this requires accountability and this requires commitment of those business owners or corporate executives or uh, um, staff members that make the decisions, right? This is not like this is not going to happen because of the nature of the industry or you know how the industry is shaped or you know these these decisions are made by human beings and so the ethical framework and emotional intelligence of those people uh, those making the decision really have uh, uh, say so so yeah it starts with us right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing about this program. And thank you so much for um, being committed to the long-term project of the podcast where we're going to share so many different um, experiences and, and approaches uh, from your global partners. I can't wait to hear it. Well, thank you, Lee, and thank you to KUAF for the opportunity of partnering with you um, to make this possible. So we appreciate you. Yes, we're very grateful. Yes. This makes for a great point of departure for us. There you go.